0: Hello and welcome back to the Youth Thought Sports Podcast. I am your host, Wyatt. I'm uh, alongside Aiden, Lucas, Bart, and Jared, the normal cast of uh, talking heads, sports talking heads. Before we go any further, why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram and on our Twitter at Youth Thought Sport, along with leave a review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, we're going to go into some news that we missed, uh, important things that we're not going to talk about today. Ben Roethlisberger likely to retire at the end of the season. I said that he was the worst quarterback in his division a long time ago. I think he finally realized that too, and he's <laughs> he's pretty shot. <clears throat> my Detroit Lions won their first primetime game, uh, put them put some four games out of second place. So my my uh, hot take still stands. And Jared Goff actually <laughs> wins his first game without Sean McVay. Can you believe uh, that they he yes. played? You know, 12 <laughs> games, no Sean McVay. <laughs> the curse is finally broken, and now we start putting together some wins, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Great game-winning drive.
0: It was. It mm. truly was. Uh, <clears throat> sure. I, 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 was it yeah. Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown yeah. winning touchdown, Amon
1: too? Ross St. Brown, yep. Yeah. Good name. Top-tier NFL name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Not as good as Equinemius, but yeah, it's <laughs> up there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Does he play in the NFL?
2: I think he's on the Packers still, yeah. Last time I checked.
0: <clears throat> the Panthers parted ways with LSU and young hotshot Joe Brady. Uh, he's now a free agent. Set to you know, maybe go back to college or something like that. No reports about where he's going. Panth- or the Portland Trailblazers fired their GM, which kind of puts them in a weird spot. Dame wants a contract extension at the end of this current contract. He wants two years, $107 million. That'll be 2024. <laughs> I'll be 35 years old. He's also demand or want made it public that he wants to play with Ben Simmons, or a good win defender like Jalen Brown, or Aaron Gordon was the third name in that list of people. What? And would be fine with the Sixers
1: for <laughs> Tobias Harris and the rest of the <laughs> roster. I don't care. Do
0: yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's possible.
2: I'd be fine uh, with Jalen Brown, but we Portland wants nothing to do with Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't are think anything. He speaks for Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Olshey has left a power vacuum, and I'm now speaking for. the hey, so Jared. <laughs> Jared, do you live
3: in in Oregon? Do you live in, you know, where the where the trail is? I have play.
2: friends that live yeah. in Oregon. <laughs> Jared's point.
0: recording from the Moda Center at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's also some growing frustrations in the motor center between players Jared and Chauncey Billups. So Yeah, <laughs> let me give know. you a rundown. No. <laughs> <laughs> Portland is is though, however, in a tough spot. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this year unfolds. And probably the hottest news in all of college college football right now is Kenny Pickett. He fake slid on a 58-yard runner. he fake slid and then he ran for like another 50 something yards. Anyone have any thoughts?
1: It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Maybe yeah, no, they need to get play. rid of that rule.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Bush illegal. league. Yeah,
1: I know. There has to be. No, look, so cool. He's gonna. But he, it was cool. It was, it was
0: cool. No, it was cool. <laughs> it was. Athletically good thing he impressive. did it. Good thing he did it in the last college football game he'll ever play. Probably. Yes. You know, I would. <laughs> I think that that's yeah. a smart move. If he were to ever do it again, he would probably get rocked. Oh yeah! Of, sure. Puts the defenders in such a tough spot. <clears throat> And then we're going to roll right into our blue-collar team of the week. Lucas and I have spearheaded the blue-collar movement here, so we're going to both jointly appoint uh, you know, a team. Lucas, why don't you go ahead and start us? Who's our blue-collar team of the week?
1: The Cincinnati Bearcats. There is nothing more blue-collar than having the establishment conspire against you, and you work hard and find success anyway. And that's what the Cincinnati Bearcats have done all season. But this past week, there are a few things that made them more explicitly blue collar and a clear choice. They had more rushing yards than passing yards. I think that's a very blue collar stat. Excellent punting. <laughs> 44.8 yards per punt. Blue <laughs> nice. collar. Um, and there is also nothing more blue collar than having a rich dude minimize your success and the obstacles you Ooh. overcame. And Kirk Herbstreet did that to Cincinnati. <laughs> All weekend, when he was like, well, I saw a lot of people saying that the committee would never let the group of five in. And then they did it. So, and then, like, just, like, making it seem like, you know, we were all complaining for nothing. And, like, when it was very clear year after year that they were very biased against group of five. And we'll get to more specifics of what this all means going forward later. But, for all those reasons listed above, Cincinnati, Blue Collar Team of the Week. Wyatt, Who
0: do you have? I absolutely agree. It, it, it's the Cincinnati Bearcats are my blue collar team of the week as well. I think oh. you said it. You said it perfectly well. Is that when you are a outsider, when you are an underdog, and you overcome the odds that Kirk Herbstreit laid out in front of you? I mean, you have you have no choice but to hold the blue collar team of the week award high, polish it, and put it in your trophy case. You know, it's mm. it's. I'll y- be the only one they have this year. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. No. No. They won the American Athletic
4: Camp Conference. As a trophy. Okay, well you know what? There was a joke there and I had to take it, Lucas, but yeah, you're right. I know. I know. I
0: know. I know. <laughs> but uh um, you know, they stood up against the man and they said yes we can and they did it. They made it into the college football playoffs. Yeah. Can I make
1: a proposition? Of course. Can we can we award A Cincinnati not only blue collar team of the week but blue collar team of the year. I yep, I, yep, I can get
0: behind that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> of,
5: big
3: day for Cincinnati. Even big bigger day. than when they were put into the playoffs.
5: <laughs> yeah, this is the award they team. really care about. Do we have a trophy
3: for that that we can send them so that you know <laughs> the parts of the world could shut up? <laughs> UCF
4: is probably making one. Luke Fickle just, just walks into the office one day and he's like, "What is this? How did this get in, in here?" Can I just ask you one thing, Lucas? Yeah. Is there a person on this planet whom you like less than Kirk Herbstreet? <laughs> I feel like you always have I, a bone to pick with know. him. <laughs> I'm sure
1: he's a very nice guy. But I think he has, more, he has a specific bad opinion about group of five teams and the college football playoff. Okay. And so, well,
2: yeah. he just cares about recruiting rankings generally. Like he had Ohio State in front of Oregon like a lot of the year in his own rankings and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's got it's a okay. job to do. <laughs> Again, I'm sure very nice Which is being nice Ohio State PR like, <laughs> department. Yeah, I like him. But. Uh, but he's not in the official ruling. The official ruling put Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati, like we said, into the top four. Lucas, what does this now mean, Cincinnati's interest mean, for the college football playoffs? Can we expect an upset? You think we could expect other big five teams on the road?
1: So I think this means that the committee was put in a place where they literally had no choice but to put Cincinnati in. If they had chosen to exclude Cincinnati, their only other options would have... There was only one other one-loss team, and that was Notre Dame, who they beat. So putting in a team that Cincinnati lost, beat, would look really bad. Or a two-loss team. And I don't think they like are quite bold enough to like put in a two-loss <clears throat> team over an undefeated Cincinnati, who beat Notre Dame. Um... And even when they did put them in, like, I think they showed that they don't have a ton of respect for them. They put them at number four. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Georgia got just, like, shellacked by Alabama in the SEC championship game, they only dropped to three. Um, I think if Oklahoma State had won that game, I do not think it is, like, totally outside the realm of possibility that they would have put Oklahoma State in over Cincinnati. So I don't necessarily see this as, like, a huge change in the landscape of college football. I don't think the floodgates are necessarily open for a group of five teams to start rushing into the playoff. I'm very, very happy a non-Power 5 team finally got in, but I'm not convinced this is anything more than the committee being put in a spot where their legitimacy would be, like, totally shredded if they chose not to put Cincy in. Like, I think this was the one scenario in which, like, you literally could not deny that Cincinnati had to be in the playoff. Um, In terms of my expectations for Cincy for the playoffs, I think they're pretty low. Like, I love them. But they're, playing, they're low because they're playing Bama, who year in and year out wrecks the competition. They showed versus Georgia this past weekend that they're the same buzzsaw that they already, always are when they want to <laughs> be. And I think that whoever comes up against Bama will just get killed in the first round. Like I, uh, And that's why the expectations for Cincy are low. And we're going to get the same lazy narrative of X shouldn't be in the playoff, Y shouldn't be in the playoff, because they lose by a ton to Bama. But again, I think it would have happened to anybody uh this year. Like teams get destroyed by Bama in the semifinals all the time, like Notre Dame and Michigan State and you know, et cetera, et cetera down the line. So Clemson I Clemson sometimes.
2: Clemson sometimes.
1: It'll be like more of the same as it's been in the past. Like I'll be rooting hard for them, but I think whoever they put up against Bama in that first <laughs> round was just gonna get destroyed regardless.
2: Right, yeah. everybody's gonna I think everybody neutrally will probably be rooting for Cincy, unless you're like a fan of the respective fan bases. And I totally agree that it doesn't change. I've been like somebody that's a pretty staunch supporter of the four-team playoff format, but I don't think this changed anything about like, oh, four is the right number now like because there's a access when, like you said, the stars just really aligned. And Cincinnati, I don't think if they went undefeated last year as well, maybe they wouldn't have made it in this year because we've seen like random yeah. group of five teams, quote-unquote random, that like, oh, they just had some upstart year and went undefeated not make it in obviously. I think there's the thing that the Power 5 champ a lot of Power 5 champs had two or more losses and like they said Notre Dame a top 5 win, but I I think uh in reality the stars just aligned. There's still going to be too much momentum for an expanded playoff, so I don't think it really changes the landscape, I guess of college football all that much. It's already kind of going in that direction of expansion anyway, so. Um good for Cincinnati, but um it's not going to like radically change anybody's opinions on the playoff, I don't think, the format.
4: I think a college football playoff committee hitman is being sent or has already been sent to OK State's campus because they they really (laughs) dropped the ball. If they had won against Baylor, something would have combusted because I think we very well might have seen Cincinnati miss out in that case, (laughs) which I wouldn't have agreed with at all. But yeah, like like Lucas was saying, this really worked out well for them. But honestly, if – If Oklahoma State had had, had the, the conference championship under their belt, I very well could have seen <laughs> Cincinnati being slotted at five. It would have been craziness.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, like, it's very nice that it worked out the way it did, but they had, I think they ran seven plays within the one-yard line and got <laughs> three points out of Oklahoma State this <laughs> mm-hmm. past weekend, which is just, like, the wildest stat ever. Um, but, yeah, I think something you mentioned earlier, Jared, I agree with as well, uh, to the extent that, like, if they hadn't gone undefeated last year, I don't know if they would have gotten in this year. Like, it seems like for a group of five teams, like, you have to, like, build a resume. Like, I think the committee is big on, I don't know, I mean, very clearly on, like, prestige and history and tradition and, like, teams that are traditionally good. And I think in order to then, for, like, one of the group of five teams to continue making it in, I think that you have to sort of, like, build that, not as the same level of prestige, but, like, a similar sort of level of prestige to be, like, recognized as, like, a good college football team like I think from this point forward like Cincinnati won't be treated like a power five team but they'll probably be treated like a Notre Dame in some ways in which like if they go undefeated they'll probably get it mm-hmm. but because they like sort of built up that reputation as being a good football team
2: yeah by the Is way there, too in term oh no go ahead in
3: no I was just gonna say that we saw with other group of five teams that didn't start out the year like kind of highly ranked the way since he was just because since he like, had such a good year last year and also, like, you know, competed with Georgia on a very close Peach Bowl. Like, they had a lot of buzz coming in. We saw other group of five teams that had really good seasons just consistently get underranked by um, the playoff committee, even compared to, like, the AP rankings, right? Like, UTSA obviously kind of flailed out. But they were always um, kind of underranked in those in the, um, committees' rankings. Um, Houston was always underranked there. I feel like it's – I think you're right that it takes a lot for, like, a non-buzz – um, group of five team to kind of claw their way up the rankings
2: yeah yeah i also think in terms of like uh cincinnati's respect it'll be interesting i mean probably when the playoff expands it won't matter anyway but how the big 12 is looked at without oklahoma and texas but they're adding some really fun team like byu had a good year mm-hmm. um like i think reddit college football brings this up all the time that byu beat uh, Utah, like they beat all the U- uh, other Utah teams or something like that. So, like, mm-hmm. if they were in the Pac-12, they conceivably could have won the Pac-12 this year, for example. They were in the Pac-12. Yeah, it was the Pac-12 that's what it was. is crazy. <clears throat> so, solid, solid team there. Obviously, Cincinnati. Um, and then who are the other ones? UCF, and then what was the last team? Houston's the last Houston. Houston. Yeah. Uh, like all solid teams there. UCF had a down year, but um, I think the Big 12 is going to be actually a kind of a fun conference. Uh, And we'll see how, like, it's viewed going on if it still retains its Power 5 status, essentially. Which, like I said, probably won't matter as much when the playoff expands. But I think it's going to be an interesting conference to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm actually really excited for it. I think it'll be fun. Like, um, well, I mean, like, even this year, the Big 12 championship game was between two teams that aren't leaving. It was Oklahoma State and Baylor, who showed themselves to be, like, very good. So I think, like, all that coming together, right? Like, I think the, the new Big 12 will be, like, a legitimately fun conference to watch. Region won't matter. Like, you know, nothing matters in terms of where teams are. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a bunch of fun teams all playing together against one another. Yeah.
0: Do you guys believe that the Big 12 will be viewed any more, with any more respect than, you know, Cincinnati's current, I guess, division, whatever, conference right now?
2: I think it depends on who the, um, the top dog is. The ACC is a toilet other than Clemson, and, mm-hmm. you know, the ACC gets – enough respect because Clemson keeps it up, you know what I mean? So if if the Big 12 has one good team that can win a playoff game, then it's fine, you know. I think. I think that's totally fair.
0: So you think other uh group of 5 teams should look to to find their way into, you know, the Power 5 if they're one of those fringe teams that that can't get into the playoffs?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say absolutely. We've seen a lot of realignment in, within the group of five teams themselves, too, like moving between like Conference USA, Sunbelt, and stuff like that. There's been a lot of movement there. Um, and I think a team that starts to kind of put together that resume that since he has been putting together, or Boise State, uh, for example, definitely should look into that. I think the Pac-12 would be lucky to have Boise State,
1: personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Boise State, to UCF. <coughs> they walked so that cincinnati could run like they, <laughs> they like paved the road for like the smaller teams getting recognition and i'm glad one of them finally burst through
4: yeah wait did boise state end up having their first losing season in however many seasons or not oh i don't
1: know
4: boise state football.
1: um they did not they were seven and five Ooh, hey, that's that's crazy. Crazy. so just barely but <laughs>
0: okay yeah I guess my my thought now, Lucas, is, is that since they walk or they walk, so since you can run, now that group of five teams are running, does it really matter for them to leave and and join a power five conference, or is it you know, are they already at, at a running pace now where they can get more respect being a group of five team? Not saying that since shouldn't leave, what I'm saying is that is it really going to matter that much here in the next like three years?
1: Yeah, I think like I, like I don't think it's a total like. Like, I referenced before, like, I think Cincy was only let in because they had to, but I don't think that, that like, totally excludes, like, any other Group of Five team. Like, I do think because one has done it, it will be easier for them to do it again in the future. So, like, I think the Big 12 is probably a step up for Cincy and I'll give them a better shot just because of the way history and tradition works and, like, the historical view of conferences. But I think that, yeah, like, I think now that you've, like, seen it, like, seen a group of five team make it. I think if, like a, like, a group of five team who's had, like, some comparable level of success recently kind of does what Cincy does, it'll be easier for the playoff community to let them in, like, a UCF, like a Houston, something like that.
2: Right. And then the other thing, too, is if you're a group of five team, you're basically fighting for one spot, even if they do expand the playoffs, where mm-hmm. I want to be fighting for multiple spots if I'm any f- football program, Right. So I want to go join that conference because even in the expanded 12-team playoff, like if we did it this year, right, Cincinnati's the only – like you have a team like Pitt that is making it in where Cincinnati's the only group of five – or like Utah that has three losses, right? There's no group of – like one last group of five team making it under really any scenario with a 12-team playoff. There's only like one guaranteed conference champion. Mm -hmm. Other than that, if you're like an at-large, then you're not getting in. And the committee's not going to rank you
3: high enough to get in, right? So – yeah your margin for error is just like non-existent uh, yeah exactly yeah. yeah
1: yeah but i think i do that like i said this before i think a comparable connection is kind of notre dame in some ways in which notre dame has no margin for error now essentially like unless it's like a crazy crazy year like this year was like i mean obviously notre dame has more clout than like utsa because they're notre dame and they're just like the history that the um, committee loves but I do think it's like in some ways a similar situation in which, like, the only way you can realistically make the playoffs, bar like just a wild year like this one, is if you go undefeated.
0: Fair. All right, so we're going to move on just a little bit. Did the committee get it right all across the board? You think they got the best four teams in? They
2: didn't get the seating right, but they did get the best four
1: teams, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: You think yeah,
0: it's, it's easy, I, I
3: though,
0: at this that. point. Yeah, it was really easy. easy. Like- Are we think in Michigan should have been one I think so. I think think Michigan Michigan should have
3: been. I
1: I think it should have been probably Michigan, Cincy, Bama, Georgia. That would have been my floor.
4: I mean, I wouldn't hate flipping Bama and Cincy there, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) They would play each other. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the same matchups in that way. Just flip what side of the bracket
0: they're
4: on. Yeah, exactly.
0: Still. Um. Okay, we'll talk. We have plenty of time to make our guesses, so I'm not going to make any predictions right now. For that, let's talk about some other bowl games that have popped up over you know the course of the last couple of days. Which bowl games, Jared, are we most and least excited about? Okay, so I, I might be in the minority
2: here, but I, I <laughs> think that Notre Dame's matchup against Oklahoma State is so boring. We always play the Big Twelve second best team or like their leftovers. I feel like. Maybe when I'm saying always, I'm thinking back to like the 2019 uh, Camping World Bowl when we played Iowa State. But we always play some boring Big 12 team, and I I wanted us to play like Ole Miss. I know the bowl tie-ins probably made it impossible. I don't really know much about what the bowl tie-ins are, but I wanted us to like test our metal against the SEC, and you know, and like actually kind of get a little bit of clout for Notre Dame in some ways against a team like Ole Miss, who the committee was really high on, the AP was really high on, and they were surging, somebody that was surging at the end of the year, where Oklahoma State's like, they're coming off a loss, you know. I am I think it's kind of a boring matchup, but it seems like a lot of people love the New Year Six Bowl matchups. I don't. I think they're kind of boring. Uh, Especially,
4: I personally know. find Oklahoma State to be an exciting team.
0: Interesting. But
4: I, I, I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think playing like the the third best defense in the country is going to be a good test. I think it's like Notre Dame's defense has really gotten better over the year too. I think it could be a very low scoring game, but I, I think it'd still be fun. It, like it should be high quality football, I guess. You're right. Using the SEC as a barometer would be nice for once. But, like, I don't think the fact that Oklahoma State lost to Baylor is. Like, I would have loved to play them, whether they had the championship or not. Obviously, they wouldn't have been in the Fiesta Bowl if they'd won. Well, probably. Anyway, I digress. My point is, I disagree with you, but I understand where you're coming from.
3: Yeah. I feel like Oklahoma State, or I'm not convinced by any means that Oklahoma State isn't the best team in the Big 12. Like, they really blew it and were, you know, trying to lose the game against Baylor. But they'd already beat Baylor earlier in the season. I think it's probably Mm -hmm. a toss up as to who. Is the best team there? I agree that an SEC game would have been interesting, Um, but yeah, the by the tie-ins always screw us over. So,
2: (laughs) and because on the SEC thing, like we play, we either play Bama and get destroyed, and they're like, "Oh, Notre Dame can't match up with it." When Lucas already mentioned, most teams don't match up with Bama, or we play LSU, who was like basically middle of the pack, and we beat them twice. Right? I want us to play like a like somebody that is viewed as legit in the SEC, but is not. Bama, essentially, we never, we've <laughs> never gotten that opportunity, and you know, I think it'd be cool to see where we stack up there.
0: But Jared, anyway. I thought you were an independent; you could make your own schedule. You guys could pick the teams you wanted to play, isn't that what we you could, always tried to play? That's we tried to play point. Arkansas, but COVID had different ideas. Mm, Arkansas, the barometer.
2: They're <laughs> 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 we <were> good <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> next year, Ohio State first game. True. Yeah,
1: Wyatt, Freeman's true. first regular season game against his alma mater. Hold next on, time. our
2: our schedule next year: Ohio State, BYU. Clemson, USC, is pretty crazy.
4: And the bye week is like the week of October 1st or whatever, so we have a gauntlet oh. on the second half of the season. Wow,
2: <laughs> North Carolina might be good, too. We play them. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. We'll see.
1: But, yeah, speaking of that bowl we'll game, too, like I would love for Notre Dame to finally get over the hump of not winning a New Year's Six Bowl game, which they haven't done since 1994, which is a good two and a half years before any of us were born. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It'd be a good way for Marcus Freeman to kick off his ring in charge. Some other bowl games, just because I think they're fun names um, and kind of fun matchups. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 Fun name. It's not the pinstripe bowl? There's a pinstripe bowl.
3: That would make one more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, what does Tony the Tiger have to do with the sun? (laughs) 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 I
1: have no idea. But yeah, there is a pinstripe bowl. Uh, I don't know who's playing it. But yeah, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is Wazoo versus miami um, oh that's which interesting all, which i think yeah is also like an interesting game because like wazoo had like a decently good year this year they won the apple cup for the first time in however long and it'll be mario Cristobal's first game at miami um well he's not
2: gonna coach game. it though is he not they usually they don't
1: oh i guess not well we'll see what happens yeah. i guess but miami's just been like in a chaotic situation recently i kind of want to see yeah how to deal with it also uh,
3: did you know that it's right. the 88th Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? No way. I'm assuming, <laughs> no I'm assuming way. it hasn't been called the Tony the Tiger <laughs> yeah, Sun Bowl yeah. here for 88 years. Tony the like Tiger
4: to probably hasn't existed for that long, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I But an, another
1: one I want to throw out there, this is my last like, most excited for one. Uh, UTSA and San Diego State, who are two of the other yeah. best group of five teams, are playing. And they're mm. playing in that Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is the name of a bowl. Um but yeah, I think it'll be a really good <laughs> matchup. I I like um UTSA has been fun all year. They almost went undefeated. San Diego State was also really good this year. Um and yeah, again, two of the best group of five teams who aren't named Cincinnati playing against each other. Yeah. Watch yeah.
3: the watch San Diego State just for their punter, who is absurd. Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. What a punt god. Yeah. <clears throat> is his name Matt Teresa?
3: Is he yeah,
2: is, was is yeah. he
0: the punt god that everyone's talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right on. You love a good punter, you know with the precision. You do. You do. He's a first round pick. I'll tell you that much. No, it's
4: it's like distance for him too, though. He averages like seventy, eighty yard <clears throat> punts or something like that. It's it's yeah. it's like inhuman. Um, I wanted to ask one thing, which is, what are our thoughts about does Utah have a chance against Ohio State? Yeah.
2: I don't think so, <laughs> personally. <laughs> um, but crazier Boo. things have happened.
4: <laughs> okay, I'm sure. I'm sure Wyatt also thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. Sure. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> sure <I was>. <laughs> I think yeah, pair. yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a great matchup personally. But mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's a fun one. I also well, think I, uh, the Alamo Bowl, Oregon, Oklahoma is fun. A was, fun one too. I was gonna yeah. say that.
0: I was gonna say Ohio State is probably one of the only programs that hasn't lost a head coach in the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> I, it, it ups us. Utah. You know, I know they have it, but um, on paper, Jared, if you had told me a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, that Oregon and Oklahoma are gonna play in the Alamo Bowl, I'd be like, wow, that'd be a great game. I think it's going to be a lot messier now because both, <laughs> both coaches have vacated their position for another yeah. school, which, you know, it depends on who coaches on paper. I think it'd be fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll
0: see. <clears throat> which might as well just be a good enough transition as any to talk about <laughs> Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley and Mario Cristobal, who just recently became and was announced the head coach of Miami uh, all vacated their previous head coaching positions for different head coaching jobs. There are plenty of reports of programs reaching out to other head coaches who are already employed who may or may not take the offer. Nick Saban gets brought up, I think, every year. But Jared, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this newfound mobility eventually going to hurt college football?
2: Um, I don't really know. My question is what does it look like for college football to be hurt, and is it worse than college football is right now? Because I think right now it's yes, we have the crazy upsets, but it's not really fun to watch Bama win the title every other year and then Clemson has an odd year where they're in there, LSU has the odd year when they're in there. And I think I think it's always good for college football in any sport when the biggest brands are good. Like baseball's better when the Red Sox and Yankees are good. Basketball's more fun when the Lakers and Knicks are relevant. But now now all that's happening is blue blood programs are struggling with the same issues that mid-major programs have been struggling with their entire existence. So I don't know. Maybe that means this levels the playing field a little bit more. I don't know how much it's going to change the on-field product, but I would hope that maybe it'll add some parity in some ways, and it will keep it keeps uh, some blue bloods from kind of fading into obscurity when they're always willing to take these chances now. I think that's some of the positives of it. Uh, but mobility is kind of everywhere in the sport, like – the transfer—I mean, college football is just basically NFL. Light. It's becoming an NFL light, and it will be when the playoffs expand as well. Like the transfer portals, free agency—you um, know—then we're gonna have the expanded playoffs where it's gonna dilute the regular season a little bit. It just will, and it's a different game. I'm not sure it's gonna be worse, but it's—it's it's gonna be—it's just gonna be a different college football than it used to be. I don't really know if I have a a hard judgment yet, though, on like. If it's going to hurt college football, and going to be worse than it already is. Because in terms of actually competing for the championship, there's not that many teams that can do it, which I think is boring right now for the sport.
4: I feel like, I mean, you would think, like to me at least intuitively, a coach jumping ship from like like an ongoing gig would be because he thinks that he has a better opportunity at the new place, right? Which you would Mm -hmm. think would mean that he would be going and leading a better program and being more competitive against the BAMAs of the world. So in Mm. that sense, to me, I feel like it will be helpful with competitiveness. But as you Mm. say, like, there are only so many schools where you can even try to compete with Bama on a recruiting level in the first place. So, like, is it going to make more more things more interesting just as far as, like, random parity and upsets go probably? But I don't know if it will. (laughs) Will it affect the teams that we're seeing each year in the playoffs?
0: Maybe not. I do think though it does hurt the sport as of right now. I, I, I joked about it, about how Oregon and Oklahoma both lost their head coaches. But to me, that bowl game is incredibly irrelevant now that no, th- neither of their head coaches will be there. If I were a player, I would just opt out. Like if I were an NFL draft player, like if my head coach is going to quit, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sit out for the rest of the year, whatever it might be. And this stuff might happen even sooner in the year, however that looks. But you know, it, it just feels weird that the term contract means absolutely nothing in the scope of college football Mm, and the fact that they can just literally leave whenever they want to and go on to another job whenever they want to another school. They can be interviewed by another school. They can get hired by another school and they can get like bought out of their contract and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it doesn't really make any sense. And maybe it's just the the terminology of the fact that it's a contract that they are the coach of a program that is still playing and then they leave, you know, to, Wherever they want to, whenever they want to. If I were a player, I would just start opting out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of changes they need to make. Like mm-hmm. the big one that pretty much everybody's mentioning is not really that new is they need to push back early signing period or just get rid of it entirely. Otherwise coaches, you have to leave uh, before your bowl game. Otherwise you're just not gonna you're gonna miss out on the recruiting class, essentially. So those coaches have to leave early. Um, there should be like maybe some tampering. Uh, some period, like anti-tampering period, like you can't talk to coaches until <laughs> after the championship game, essentially, which I think would make it a lot easier. But not even the NFL does that, though, or the NBA, right? You can, after the regular season ends, <laughs> you can start poaching coaches and stuff. But coaches don't leave if they're in the playoffs, so. Um, where That's but what makes college football interesting. But is how that often do the coaches play in the NFL
0: leave their job while they're under contract for another head coaching job? It never happens. Right. It never happens, yeah yeah i mean i don't know it's a it's a
2: big question that i i don't fully know the answer to does so why i guess what i would say though is that for your argument it only hurts irrelevant postseason games right now where else does it hurt college football like who cares who cares about the pinstripe bowl
0: yeah but nobody cares about bulls that much anyway but do you think college football should care about bulls just a little bit Otherwise, why have them? I don't know. You know, and it, it's, it's just for money. It's, it's just
2: for tourism thing. for that for that area. I don't even know. I don't know why we have the bowl games, other than originally it games, was yeah. it was tourism. Like the Rose Bowl, for example, was to promote tourism and the the tournament of roses or the parade of roses there. You know, and then it just kind of ballooned out of control <clears> from there. <throat> it's just money. It's really everything. That's the thing. That's kind of the sad thing about college football it's just every decision is made about money it's it's that's just the way it is now
0: i mean yeah you're right i don't know it's just it's just so funny the ncaa just doesn't do anything as far as you know in overseeing um, oh yeah they completely you know, wash who their who, hands who of just, everything who just like they let all this stuff happen they let coaches leave but God forbid, you know, a kid gets his lunch bought for him and they <laughs> will suspend him for the entire time. They're literally there's just zero penalties for any of this stuff. I think it they're at a very dangerous point of losing a lot of legitimacy as you know, as a like people still love college football. But I'll be honest, if you ask me and I'm speaking for my own fandom, I've definitely dropped it a, a, the last couple of years as far as the importance when the committee does whatever it wants to do and stuff like this happens in the, in the game. Bulls don't matter. That kind of stuff.
2: Well, yeah. It's college football is ruled by. Well, the NCAA is an absolute joke of an institution. First off, the committee is a pretty much a joke of an institution as well. They luckily forced their hand where they couldn't make any stupid decisions this year, but it's kind of ruled by like some j- joke institutions right now. So, yeah. I mean the only the only way that there there was any change with uh, name, image, mm-hmm. and likeness. The freaking Supreme Court had to get involved. I mean, like, like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like,
0: that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's, again, it's dangerous if they consistently make it so that way only like the six different programs can possibly ever compete for a championship or whatever with the way the committee goes and all that stuff and recruiting, whatever it might be, then it's just a very, why would anyone ever commit to Oklahoma State, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. It's just if they if they're not one of the six people that if their coaches are leaving for bigger jobs and um, you know this or that they're not ever getting looked at for a playoff spot.
2: That's where I think name, image, and likeness could help out though. Actually, with some parity, because that now there's maybe an allure that I want to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a fi- uh, a cog in the machine at Bamba Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. I get that. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. I don't. I don't know exactly what um, accounts for, like before the playoff era, was there was there a lot of teams that you think had a legitimate shot of winning the BCS, for example? <laughs> maybe our memories don't go back that far, but <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe we were kids, you know. Yeah, I think it's just like I don't know. We'll see. Yeah.
4: Well, but there's also never been a team as dominant as Bama, right? Like at, at least that's. I, I think
1: feels like that the way. 1940s Notre Dame is like, <laughs> okay. was won like this many yeah. national titles.
4: Pre uh, World War II doesn't count. <laughs>
1: well, some of them were post World War II.
4: So, yeah. <laughs> some pre kind of pre- Korean War doesn't <laughs>
1: count. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's my new barometer for everything. Okay.
2: <laughs> yep. College football is indeed changing. Um, speaking of changing formats, we actually had a voicemail on our inbound caller line. From friend of the pod Vinny we have not heard none of us have heard any of this so we have no idea if there's going to be a lot of swearing we apologize no I'm just kidding there's probably not going to but we have no idea what it is so we're just going to react no notes prepared and, and see what happens
5: what is up guys it's your boy Vinny Crone coming in not live coming in recorded to the podcast thanks for having me on nobody asked me to be here I'm unprompted. I'm sending this to Jared against his will. I'm sending it to everybody against his will. And I'm doing this just to give a big middle finger to everybody who doubted my fantasy football league team. (laughs) he said that we couldn't pick three running backs in the first four rounds. Well, guess what? Guess who leads the league in scoring? Me, because of those three running backs. They said Pittsburgh bias. Guess who's balling out? Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Just killing it. No Pittsburgh bias. No busts. (laughs) <laughs> All boom. All boom. <laughs> Business is booming, baby. We got Antonio Brown. You know he got a couple good weeks out of him, but then he fake the vaccination card which isn't good. <laughs> but he'll be back. He'll be back. And you know I heard this is a great from from a very reliable source. Very reliable. That there are some fraudulent points being sent into Yahoo Fantasy Sports <laughs> app. <laughs> And they're giving it to everybody else, not giving it to me, they're not giving it to me. Everybody's against me. So, you know, even if I lose the next three weeks, it's because it's fake. It's fake. It's fraudulent. So we're going to stop the count now. I'm officially declaring myself the winner. We're stopping <laughs> wow. the count. We're stopping the count. Season's <laughs> over. I'm the winner. We didn't play for money. But, you know, Jared did tell me that I could take over the Youth Thought Sports podcast if I won. So it would be nice hosting next week. We're not going to talk about Formula One anymore. We're not going to talk about basketball anymore. We're just going to talk about baseball. Just baseball. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Tune in. Um, maybe we'll have Jared on occasionally, but we're going to get Jared off. We're going to get Aiden off. We're going to keep Bart. We like Bart. We're going to keep Jared's brother. I don't know his name. Thanks, um, man. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. Lucas
3: doesn't even Go Steelers.
5: Go Irish. I'm going to book it right now. We're going to get into the college football playoff. We're going to be fourth place. we're going to lose to Georgia by 24th. Can't wait. It's going to be great for the school, great for the program. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>
1: okay, I have a big yeah. issue with the number of parts of that call. Okay, first, first, that I yeah. would, <laughs> is it worse to be disrespected or not mentioned? <laughs> I'm go that right now.
3: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Vinny. Uh, also, joke, joke's on this dude. He's going to be discussing baseball with Barton Wyatt. That's yeah, not that's that's, that's that's, that's, yeah, that's Yeah, good time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes brawls. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh no. Yeah. Also, who cares? He's not gonna
1: win fantasy football. I think we can all
4: predict can, that now. Can, can we cool. predict that? Cool. He's like handily the best team so far. <laughs> oh,
1: he's, all, he's up by one game. Yeah, look. For, but uh, if
4: you look at points scored, he has sh- far and away. More than <laughs> Nice. Vinny, I I'm sorry for doubting your running back approach in the draft. I specifically remember that conversation. <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> you know what's wild? The person who has the second most points in our fantasy football league is in sixth. <laughs> oh, how does that even work? I guess I, because it's it's this is why you do.
4: Shout, full, out, to, full shout out to my boy Alejandro.
0: Levels. It's, it's I know. <laughs> in the fantasy yeah. football league, we don't care about.
1: Uh, and my dad second. Oh Ooh. wow, that's that's yeah. Hey.
4: Ed Edwards quality team, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I mean, think look, obviously his, ra- need- his
0: running backs are DeAndre Swift, Ezekiel Elliott, and Najee Harris, who That's pretty good. Najee has been He's consistent. Good. Ezekiel Elliott and, De- and DeAndre Swift are both up and down on a weekly yeah. basis. I like them. Mm-hmm. I like DeAndre Swift a lot as a fantasy guy, but I'm I'm not gonna sit here and pat you on the back and pretend like you have a world beater <laughs> team like you have yeah. a lot of other good pieces. I even mean, he has like Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle. It's and Aaron Rodgers. Like, no no, don't sit here and pretend like your three RV strategies <laughs> is elite. You didn't even pick the three the best three RVs. So,
4: wait. In fact, know. if you look, yeah, Debo is his highest scoring player. Of, yeah. Anyway, you could argue it's not running back driven success. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <But> anyway.
2: <laughs> Also, the Notre Dame take kind of aged poorly. Yeah, he was, age it was. Really this felt. was sent a couple of weeks ago. We just couldn't fit it into the episode until this week. Uh, we were fifth, but we probably would have gotten blown out by Georgia. Let's be honest, but it's okay.
1: Yeah, Who knows? I don't we'll know, it is. We're State now. So bad this, this weekend. One. Yeah, it was. Good. Their offense was not good. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah it is. Was-
0: So we're going to move on into our bi-weekly NFL Power Rankings. At this point, everyone should know how it goes. We list the top 10 teams in order in a draft style order. Jared, you're going to start us up. You have the number one overall pick. Who are you going to pick? I'm very happy to have the number one overall pick here because we've been
2: getting it wrong for a few weeks now, in my opinion. It's It's the Dallas Cup. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's the Green Bay Packers. We can't what get, we all can it couldn't get over the fact that the Cardinals have two losses, to the Packers three. But I honestly hold the head to head win in higher regard than the Packers inexplicable <laughs> losses. Obviously the Vikings the Vikings did to the Packers a few weeks ago what they should have done to the Cardinals in week two when in a really <clears throat> tightly contested game, right? The opening day, Saints loss, also super fluky. And then they lost to a surging Chiefs team without Aaron Rodgers, <clears obviously. <clears <throat> So those are all pretty fluky losses, in my opinion. I, and I do understand that the Cardinals, statistically, they score a couple more points and yards per game, allow less yards per game as well. But I don't think that gap is big enough for me to ignore the head-to-head. I think the Packers are the best team in the NFL right now. And they had a bye week, so maybe it's not like the sexy pick. We didn't get to see him play last week. But I think the Packers are the best team in the uh, NFL. I would, agree with,
0: I would agree with that take, to be honest. The reason why I switched me and you is because I just wanted to see who you would pick. Because I would have picked the 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 Packers, and I also didn't want you to pick the Cowboys because I knew you couldn't possibly pick the Cowboys. If <laughs> <one>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's a good pick, Kay. Bart. You got two.
4: Yeah, with all that talk about how bad the Cardinals are and how they don't belong in the top twenty-eight, I'm going to go with the
5: <laughs> Cardinals. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm yeah. I, you, I just, Jared talked about a lot of the points in favor of the Packers. I, like Kyler Murray came back this week. He didn't light it up per se, but he still looked really, really good. And there are the stats that you mentioned about how the Cardinals do allow fewer yards per game and how they do score more um, and their better record. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be a very, very solid NFC Championship matchup to see them again. I would like to see that head-to-head head again. I think Cardinals at two, though, is a no-brainer.
0: Easy pick. Aiden? Number
3: three. Going with the Pats. 7-0, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. after that 2-4 and four start. Um, and, you know, they showed that they can win in a you know, multitude mm-hmm. of different ways, including not passing at all. Um, and, yeah, talking about blue-collar wins, they're our <laughs> NFL blue-collar team of the week winning a 14-10 game in the snow with just the rushing attack. They're now in the driver's seat in the AFC East after taking down their, you know, the other real contender there, the Bills. Um, and in terms of the, the road remaining, they've got the Colts and Bills coming up in the next two weeks, Bills again, which is going to be tough. But then the Jags and Dolphins uh, to finish off the season. So they're pretty much guaranteed two more wins at least. Uh, they'll lock up a playoff spot easy. Um, and yeah, it's hard to, hard to doubt the Patriots at the moment.
0: Uh, Lucas, you have the number four pick.
1: I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, um they've won five straight. Um, I think after all of their early season struggles, they've started to find some sort of good form. And the thing is that like they've been winning largely on the back of their defense and not their offense, which I think is like a scary thing for the rest of the NFL when like their offense and Mahomes sort of kick into full gear. Like if you look at their past few games They allowed nine points to the Broncos, nine to the Cowboys, 14 to the Raiders, seven to the Packers. Like they've been playing really, really good defense and being able to ride that to victory. So I think once Mahomes gets back to like his normal form, um, I think that they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And I think four is an appropriate spot for them this week.
0: You you put me in a tough spot here at pick five. I was hoping that the Chiefs would fall to me and I would be able to make the easy pick. I have to pick a team that I don't even really like that much. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They yeah. just—they're um, just, they're just good. It's kind of hard to argue that when Leonard Fournette goes and he scores four touchdowns in a game and absolutely lights it up in, in fantasy and all that kind of stuff. It's—they look good. Um, they look pretty solid. Their defense is is better, but you know, at the end of the day, they're winning, and you're going to have to go with the winners on this one. Jared, who you got to pick six?
2: So you tried you tried to make it so that I couldn't pick the Dallas Cowboys here, but I am picking the Dallas Cowboys here. <laughs> <laughs> the spot came down this, oh come on. The spot came down to a bunch of eight and four teams essentially. I don't think you can really make a case for like the Bills, Bengals, Chargers, <laughs> any of those seven and five teams to make it up. Came between Cowboys, Rams, Ravens and Titans for me. Rams are out just because they've been in a tailspin and they they beat the Jags, you know, so I'm not gonna put too much into that. Um Raven, then it's Cowboys, Ravens, and Titans, who have all kind of struggled recently. But in terms of looking at all three of those teams, mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys' offense has still been pretty prolific despite Dak struggling a little bit. I think Kellen Moore just needs to run the ball a little bit more, and the Cowboys' offense is going to be a little bit, uh, that much better. Where Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they've put up like their last four games like 10 points, 16 points, 16, 19. And the Titans have kind of been struggling a little bit too. Um, so I just think Dak's the best quarterback out of that group. So I want to put the Cowboys there at six.
0: It's a fair call. Bart at seven.
4: Uh, I'm so tempted to say Colts here, but I can't do it. No. Uh, Sorry. I, I think I have to go with the Rams. I think, um, they beat the Jags. So they're back on a win streak at something. Um, it's not much of a win streak, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. This is kind of like a, you uh, like I'm kind of picking them based on what they still theoretically seem like they should be capable of to me. Uh, I I still think when they're hitting on all cylinders, they're going to be NFC Championship contenders. Their offense is still one of the best in the league, but the defense is the weird thing. Still, they're like very average there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see them pick up a, co- a couple more wins, but I still think like Matthew Stafford and that offense, when they're hitting on all cylinders, are going to be able to keep up with anybody. So I'm going to take the Rams at seven.
1: Yeah, I had them at seven on my big board as well, but I wrote this feels just like a clout pick. Yeah, like I feel like I yeah, keep picking mm-hmm, them yeah. because like yeah. they're supposed to be really good, yep. and like they have the potential mm-hmm. there, but they don't seem to quite be delivering on it. But I still believe that they
3: could. No, I totally agree. I feel like I've been treating them in the Bills the same way, and that I always yeah. overrank them, <laughs> and they like kind of yeah, just disappoint. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. at eight, I've got. Like, I guess the Ravens. I'm really not excited about anyone like in this range, as I think Jared alluded to. Um, and I'll, I'll leave the Colts for the the OG um, Colts fan here. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm between the Titans and Ravens, and the Titans have just looked kind of crappy of late. And obviously, you know, Derrick Henry's out. Um, it's kind of unclear, I guess, if he'll be back, even for the playoffs. Um, but losing to the Texans, um, and then getting blown out by the Patriots in back-to-back weeks... Um, it's it's hard for me to make an argument that the Titans are eight. They have the Jags coming up though, so hopefully they'll get what the, uh, the Rams <laughs> got, which is a, yeah. a nice opportunity to like, get back in the groove. Um, Preseason, but in. yeah, the the Ravens of all- <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, But the Ravens have also just been generally underwhelming of late. They keep playing just yeah, extremely close games and not really scoring. They lost to a Steelers team that I don't think is that good. Um, but they're still eight and four, um, and have the best shot at winning the AFC North. So, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, when he really takes over is still dangerous. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I kind of feel the same way for nine. Like, it's just like, after you, like, I think you're like at the top four or five teams, there's just like a huge, like muddled drop off in terms of teams. I was tempted to pick the Titans, like you said, I just think they've been so like pedestrian lately. I don't think I'm going to. I was tempted to maybe boldly pick the Washington football team, who has really looked <laughs> good as of late. Mm-hmm. They won four straight to beat the Bucks, But I don't know if I can stomach putting a 6-16 six and 16 <laughs> as the ninth-best team in the NFL at this point. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chargers. Um, mm. I think they look really, really good this weekend against the Bengals. Uh, the, the thing about them is they're just so inconsistent though but their offense is consistently excellent find herbert and eckler and all of them it's just their defense especially their run defense struggles so when like the defense plays well they're an elite team but when it doesn't or the offense even slows up a little bit they really struggle um like if you look at two weekends ago against the broncos like they only scored 13 points and they got kind of destroyed lost 28 13 so i think when they're firing on all cylinders they're probably a top 10 team and just everybody in, like, that range is so, like, muddled together. I'll let this past weekend where they were firing all c- on all cinder- cylinders against the Bengals just sort of, like, take precedent. So, Chargers at nine.
0: The Chargers are a good pick, and if I were in your position, I would have picked the Colts. I'm waiting for the day where it's so undeniable that the Colts are a top-ten team. They, you guys They were a good
4: pick, but... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: One day it's going to be so undeniable for everybody that the Colts are a top 10 pick that I won't even get the chance to pick them unless I'm I'm one. Uh <laughs> And I, I and I have it, to yeah. finish off our top 10 with the Colts. Lucas like you if you had if if the Colts had been gone before I got to this pick, I would have gone with something you know way out of left field. I would have picked the Miami Dolphins. So they're 11 for me, but <laughs> But you know, they they were on a win streak. The Colts, I get it. They lost their head to head to the Tampa, to Tampa Bay, but I think they're just one of the better teams in the NFL. Great defense. Excellent run game. And we talk about and Derrick Henry couldn't win MVP with his two thousand rushing yard seasons because he was going against Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers as who are also having superb seasons at the time. So it's hard to it's hard to compete with that. Same with Josh Allen the last year. At least this year if we want to name a non-quarterback MVP, Jonathan Taylor is just as impressive as anybody, especially considering how poorly everybody else has played in the season. So, it might just be one of those things where the stars align and quarterbacks continue to struggle throughout the rest of the year and Jonathan Taylor shines hot and shines uh, you know, later into the season. So,
2: the Colts, the Colts have not beaten any teams in our top 10 though what? I mean, they haven't really beaten any good teams. The Bills, maybe, is the only <laughs> good team you could say. <laughs> That's concerning.
4: Yeah. I mean, they Something only lost game. by one score to the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have it in them. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Potential. They did their best, Thug deep. They could pull it out. Yeah.
0: All right. We're going to close out the NFL subjects with our Thursday night football predictions. This is a perfect one for us to kind of separate ourselves from the pack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bart still is at the top at 10 and 3. Aiden, Lucas, and I are all tied at 8 and 5. And Jared is at the bottom with 7 and 6 right now, as far as predictions go. But Jared, kudos to you for going out on a limb, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So the Steelers face off against the Minnesota Vikings in a primetime Thursday night game. Emphasis on primetime, Bart. Who are you picking?
4: (laughs) Oh, boy. You know, I <laughs> I hate this. Talking about the Vikes right now is a sore subject for me after this Lions loss. Kind of exasperating. Okay, let me let me say this. Both defenses are going to be porous. It's going to be a shootout. That's my expectation. Uh, Vinny talked about Dante Johnson, Justin Jefferson as well. They both might go for like 200 yards in this game. You don't really know. Um, but the Vikes' offense, I think, is just a step above. And also, the really weird thing I noticed, if you look at the Vikes' schedule, they win and lose in pairs. they have they they lost two before that they won two before that they lost two before that they won two so they are set to start winning again and they're on track no it's on track to keep going because they have they have this game then they have the bears and then they have the rams and packers it's crazy (laughs) anyways so i think this is gonna be my tightest prediction of the season so far i'm gonna say 31 30 vikings no bias in this pick at all i just think they're at home i think kirk is gonna be angry they're going to come out and, and give them one because the Lions' loss should really make them be embarrassed right now. So I'm, I'm taking the bikes.
3: Good pick.
1: Bart, you might as well, as well have stolen my notes. I had basically the exact same thing, I think, except for the Paris thing, which is pretty cool. But I think the Vikings are due for a bit of a bounce-back week and take their win. I think they also seem to play to the level of their competition, the Vikings, in that like they've played really well relatively recently against the Packers and Chargers, but then lost to the Lions. So I think... The Steelers are decent. They'll play up to the level of competition. Like you said, both defenses have been awful recently, but both offenses have been okay. The Vikings has been better, though, so I think a close win. And I'm going to say 31-28. So, pretty similar.
0: (laughs) Vikings Vikings, 31-28? Yeah,
1: Vikings 31-28.
3: Yeah, I'm really mad that I'm falling in line with both of you especially bart <laughs> this is disappointing I, I also have the vikings written down i thought there was a precedent at this point that we pick against our our teams on thursday <laughs> night <Yeah>. both <laughs> lucas and i did that <laughs> um, but you did um, it for each other if i recall correctly yeah we did yeah or i picked the the eagles i'm pretty sure but he did not pick the eagles and he picked the. Giants. oh you're, uh, right, you're right you're right you're right yeah yeah like a, a good friend uh, but anyway <laughs> Um, Yeah, I I think the Vikings will bounce back. I really just don't think the Steelers are that good. I think they've escaped a lot of close games this season. Um, They currently have a bottom 10 point differential, despite, I think, having a winning (laughs) record at the moment. Um, You know this game's going to be close just based on how the Vikings have been playing and how the Steelers have been playing. All their games have decided by one possession. Um, So I think it's going to be 33-27.
0: It's so tough, and I really want to pick against the Pack right now, but the Steelers have just won some games that they shouldn't have won when I'm looking at their schedule now. Um, They have a tie against the Lions, which is weird. But anytime they play a team with a serviceable quarterback or above-average quarterback, like the Raiders, Bengals, uh, Packers, of course, Chargers, um, you know, they've lost those games. And the Browns and the Bears and the Bills early on, they've won those games. And I think... And I think Kirk Cousins is a more a serviceable serviceable, and above-average type quarterback. Plus, I like Justin Jefferson. He's on my fantasy football team. I'm going to pick the Vikings in a close one,
4: 27-24. 25 touchdowns to three interceptions is serviceable for you. <laughs> okay, Wyatt. I, mean, yeah.
1: I saw a tweet that was like, stats can't convince me that is not like an average quarterback. Like, you could throw like all the stats <laughs> exactly. in place, and like the, you just can't convince me he's anything. But
4: he doesn't it's... win games. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jared.
2: Speaking of winning games, especially not primetime games, is why it alluded to. uh And I've said, I've said this earlier in the season. The only like constant this this season is the Vikings playing in a one-score game. So. Obviously, we all think that too. But I have to go the Steelers here because I need to make up some games. I was gonna, I basically was gonna pick, I was gonna pick whichever the majority didn't pick, or I was gonna like swing it. But everybody picked the Vikings, so I'm going Steelers here. I was gonna say, I'll say, um, uh, thirty four, thirty one Steelers.
1: We got a real tight spread on the Steelers this week too.
2: Right. I mean, this this game's guaranteed to be close. The Vikings are yeah. playing in it, so.
4: And very likely to be high scoring. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, uh, you know, Jared, that, that strategy can backfire. We'll see how you do. <laughs> I,
0: I can't lose that much more, so. Just a little bit you know, more He'd just still be in last place, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: Um. Okay. Well, that, that just about wraps it all up. Um, as why it's why Wyatt I covered all the bases uh, in the intro. Subscribe, follow us, get in those reviews. We want to hear more about what you like and what you don't like. Let us know how terrible our, our rankings are. Uh, as we as we Pretty often this hear. Week, uh, well, yeah, it's always easy to say that, and then in hindsight, we're like, oh my gosh, we had X team. That high. <laughs> yeah. I, anyway, Bart, I'm gonna say
0: this: <laughs> at least the Bills and at least the Titans didn't get in this one. I don't think. Yeah, but
4: maybe <laughs> in two weeks we'll be like, how did we miss them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know but yeah anyways as always we appreciate your listens and we will see you back next week